about my money, yeah, I don't play I got that Benjamin button, I'm looking better every day, boy huh. Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? I'm a boss and a savage huh. Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? You know I'm far beyond What is up? Bossy fam, this is Tansy and Chandler coming at you with a very exciting topic for us, something we're very passionate about that I think has made us into the women we are and is definitely a big part of our message on the daily. So we thought we would get on today to talk about what the game of basketball, being raised by the game of basketball, playing our entire lives, playing in college and our passion for that and what that game has taught us about the game of life and how you can take that and apply it still today. I really feel like I just finished it factor training with my instructors and I just realized how relevant those messages still are today for anyone striving to be a boss in their life. So we're just gonna have a conversation on things that we think we need to remind ourselves of and what you might want to hear today in pursuing your bossiest life. So Chandler, would you love to kick it off? Yeah. So the first thing that when I think back to, so just a little, a little background here, Tansy and I actually played college basketball together, which is really cool. I feel like that's a really amazing experience that I will never forget. <laughs> Yeah. Um, best time of our lives. And so having said that, um, a lot of lessons are to be learned through the game of basketball and applying that to the game of life. And one thing that I would say I learned the hard way, and I'm also still trying to learn to this day is enjoying every possession. And so for me, um, obviously if you're a basketball player, you want to step out onto the court and you want to shine and you want to score all the points and you want to give all the passes and get all the steals. And that is your goal is to have those results. But if that is your only focus is to have those outcomes and you're stepping onto the court and you're not enjoying the game, the game itself, you're not thinking to yourself, how can I sprint and beat this person down the floor? How can I enjoy this possession? How can I make the most and squeeze the most out of every single second? You're going to miss the entire game. And so on top of that, meanwhile, missing the possession and missing the enjoyment and only focusing on the destination or the end goal, you're probably not going to get the outcomes that you want. And I think that's directly applicable to being a boss in life and doing what we do. Tansy and I both have experience in, in entrepreneurship now. And I will tell you that if your only goal is to sell the most items or to get the most people to sign up, you're going to totally miss the journey. You're going to totally miss the enjoyment from the little things. And that's the first lesson that I would say is huge for me in learning, um, you know, from the basketball court that applies to my life. I think in addition to what you're saying, you have to focus on the task at hand and be fully engaged in that in order to build the strength to attack the next task at hand. If you truly live your life focused on the one task that is in front of you, and giving your all to it fully in every way, shape, or form, it will then take you to the next task and build you for what needs to be done with that. So the focus on 
not worrying about what happened prior to that, to like the last game, if you lost the last game or if you made a turnover the last possession, or if you're worried about what's going to happen in the second half, like if you're literally focused on one possession at a time, you will flow more in what you're doing. And I really think I, I wrote something or read something the other day that was like, life is really that simple. Like if you, if you really take one task at a time, life can be that simple. And, and we get so caught up in what's going to happen next, or where is this taking me? Or what am I going to get out of this? Rather than I'm going to focus on this possession right here. And I trust that the, that by doing that, it's going to lead me to what I need to do next. Yeah. I, I love that because I think like when you look at the most successful people in life, not just basketball, but in life, I feel like we always want to say like, what's your secret? Like, what do you do? Like, what is your strategy? And the strategy is that they do the fundamentals over and over and over again. And none of that is glamorous. None of that is sexy. None of that is fun. And that is what we forget most of the time. Like someone, someone might say, I got this great business coach, or I found this new strategy to lose 50 pounds. And the reality is, is none of that is real. The people who see the most success are doing the little things like you're talking about, and they're finding true enjoyment and doing those little things over and over and over and over again. Um, that was actually one thing that I was going to talk about was I really, really realize no matter what you're doing, yes, we're, we're comparing the game of basketball to life, but the reason why we're doing that is because it truly relates to everything you're doing, but whatever you're pursuing right now, if you are trying to be the best mom you could be, or trying to get into the best physical shape of your life or best health, um, if you're building a business we can get so, like Chan said, there are so many people saying, oh, you need, this is a new found strategy. The gold is over here. The gold is over here. No one is doing this. You need to know this when really like you, there are fundamentals that everyone could do, but not everyone takes the time to get that repetition in. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I realized through it factor this weekend and going, working with instructors is it even taught me, reminded me that like, repeating the basics over and over and over again is what builds the, the greats. That is what builds the greats. And like I Chandler and I had a conversation the other day too, of like, it's not just getting repetition in and saying, Oh, I taught five classes this week or, Oh, I shot the ball 500 times to practice my shot. It's doing it right. 500 times. It's making 500 shots. It's, did all my classes this week, did I execute exactly what I needed to execute to repeat it in a way that is great? Therefore, excellence is not, what is that thing? Excellence is not a, like a thing that happens to you. It's a habit yeah. because you're repeating it over and over again. And I also think going back to what you said before, when you repeat those fundamentals, they become ingrained in you so that you have this muscle memory that allows you to then take your mind into the moment. Cause you're not worried about you've put in the work for your body to be prepared or for whatever you need to do for you to be prepared to attack those fundamentals 
so that you can take your mind to the next level of being in the possession or in the moment. Yeah. And I think like, I love this quote. I heard this years ago and it has stuck with me ever since, but the work is simple, but it takes hard work. And I feel like if everyone could just get that and grasp that you would be where you want to be, but it's a matter of doing it every single day. And to be honest, those things that you do every single day, they're invisible progress. You don't see it. You don't see it until maybe years later. And so the analogy that I actually was talking to my empire team the other day about was the pinata. And imagine you're, you're at a birthday party and there's a pinata. We've all probably been to one of those. I hate pinatas, by the way. Why? Um, I don't know. I just don't like them. I think I get anxiety because I want the freaking candy. I want to be the one that hits it. That's a problem. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny because I feel like I'm like, hell yeah. I can't wait to smack the hell out of this thing over and over and over again. (laughs) And, but that's the thing. You only get one hit. (laughs) But so imagine there's 15 kids at the birthday party. There's 15 kids and you know that each one of you gets one hit. Bro, I can just see you like literally just having so much anxiety (laughs) over this hit of yours. Like I I gotta be the one, you know, like so much pressure (laughs) on myself. Um, (laughs) Have you ever been the one? I don't know. See, that's the thing is I don't even remember. I just remember hitting the pinata, which is another (laughs) lesson. So (laughs) you're lined up to hit this pinata. There's 15 kids in line and the pinata gets hit 14 times. And the last kid steps up to hit the pinata. And finally the candy breaks out of this dang pinata. And so here's the thing that we don't see is it's not the 15th kid that broke the candy. It's not that it's not their hit. It's all the hits leading up to it that made the pinata weak enough to break and have a breakthrough. Right. And so that's like, you know, we talk about, I I listen to it. We we both listen to a ton of podcasts, but about successful people. And the one that I heard about Kobe Bryant was that he did not go to the gym and, and Steph Curry does the same thing. They don't go to the gym to get 500 shots up. Like most people do like, let me go to the gym and just get my 500 shots up. Check. I'm done. They show up to the gym to make 500 shots. I just said that, bro. Yeah, but you didn't give the emphasis that it deserved. So I wanted to repeat it. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's huge. Like check yourself, people. When you're doing your work, are you just showing up to check the box? Or are you showing up trying to make impact and not leaving until you do? Because I think that that is where the difference maker comes. That is where you separate yourself. Is you're not just showing up to show up. You're doing the little things and you're doing them the right way. Mm-hmm. Amen. I love it. Good stuff. Um, moving on, I guess, to another thought that really is kind of separate from that is, so this could kind of relate to the pinata thing, but I'm not going to take it there because it'd be complex. But if what I think great teams, great coaches, great players. And then again, oh, I know what I was going to say in relation to all the things you just said was we keep saying like successful people that do this, this, and this, bro, what are you doing with your eyebrows? I was just looking at them. (laughs) Successful people do fill in the blank. And I just want to like disclaimer and say that you have to define success for yourself. And one thing I heard too, 
on late yesterday, whatever day was, was the best players don't show up to be the best. They show up to be their best. And mm-hmm. I freaking loved that yes. because that takes away the comparison. It takes away the, the toxic competition. Mm-hmm. It's you versus you, but. And some best people players- don't want to be the best. Some people don't like that's, and that's okay. That doesn't make them non-successful. They don't want to be the best basketball player in the world. They want to be their best. And yes. I think that that also is something like, like, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. Like, oh, baby, <laughs> that came out way too naturally. Um, <laughs> nailed, it. nailed it. Like if you're showing up to be your best, that is going to look different than everybody else's best. And that's, yeah. that's an amazing thing to try to figure out. I think that's part of trying to understand who you are. Yeah. And when, when we do define to when we do define success, I think it's more I learned this is it's more so defining what it feels like to be successful versus, okay, I'm going to go after this reward, or I'm going to go after this accomplishment or this end result, define what it feels like, because that's going to change the game for you too. Yeah, dude. Um, as I was saying about the best coaches, the best players, the successful in quotations, people they are able to develop a strategy and pivot when necessary. So if you think about the game of basketball, it's a game of runs. I always say this basketball is a game of runs. So like one team will go on a run and score a bunch of points. And then the next team will go on a run. It's like a a game of energy exchange. And the team that is able to stop the other team from extensive runs, like to shorten their runs and extend their runs longer. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. They're the team that will win. So my point in that is, this is a a side note that I didn't plan on saying was you yourself, you're going to have runs of momentum and Mm -hmm. offensive attacking. And you're also going to have runs of falling backwards and being Mm -hmm. on the defense. And if you can develop a strategy in which you shorten the runs of falling back in defense, whatever, whatever your strategy is to shorten those for yourself and then be able to spurt back into momentum, that's going to, de- cause you're, there's no avoiding that, that back and forth. Like it's not success is not just offense, offense, offense. It's a back and forth game of life yep. and developing the strategy for yourself and how to get back into attack mode. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, the stress, like to be able to take a time out or a halftime, halftime conversation and be like, this isn't working for me. This isn't working for us as a team. Therefore, we're going to run a completely different play. We're going to put this person in for this person. You're going to handle the ball. You know, like we're, we're changing it up here and changing our strategy and pivoting because this isn't working. And mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't able to step back and be like, I'm not going to change the goal. I'm not going to change what I'm trying to do, but I'm going to change the way that I attack it. And that to me is a lesson that basketball has taught me and that I try to instill in myself and everyone around me. And I think the only way to do that, the only way to focus on how to pivot and how to adjust and adapt is to forget the missed shot. You miss a shot. So what? Keep going. 
Like you can't focus on the past. You can't, you can't dwell in, in the mistakes you've made. They're a lesson for a reason. And you can't look at them as a lesson and pivot unless you forget about it. You got to quit living there. That is the biggest, one of the biggest lessons that basketball has taught me and why, like, I think one of my biggest strengths is the way you respond to something that went wrong or something that you didn't, a mistake, mm-hmm. the way you respond to that can literally decide your life. Yes. Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. Yes. And some of you are going to hear me say that and you're going to continue to complain about what's happening to, to you. You're going to continue to have anxiety about things that you have no control over. You're going to hear me say that and you're going to be like, Ooh, that's good. I like that. But then you're not going to take it and, apply and it. respond accordingly. Yeah. And I need you to really hear that. Like, yeah, it's good information. How are you responding? Because that is who you are. Mm-hmm. That is who you really are. Um, and not only that, what I think people miss, I'm very passionate about this. If you can't tell, like people miss that your mistake is an opportunity for you to come back with something monumental and epic. Like yeah. someone could turn again, bringing it back to basketball, you could turn the ball over. Like Chandler said, the way you react after that will create you going behind or you doing something that changes the momentum of the freaking game. So yeah. if you turn the ball over and you slap your hands on your knees and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you start blaming your teammates. You didn't pass me the ball. I was supposed to do this and I didn't have enough time and I'm tired. There's one way to respond. But then the other way is sprinting your ass back on defense and saying, I'm going to stop this person and get the ball back. And then you take a charge, the crowd goes crazy and you change the momentum of the game by making a mistake and coming back from it. Mm. Yes. Preach sister. Go bro. (laughs) Get out of the way. And let's tie this into business. For example, let's say you have a quarter where everything you do that you had been doing before all of a sudden doesn't work for you anymore. All of a sudden you're going backwards in sales. You're going backwards in business. It feels like you're losing. Here's the difference maker. Do you look at that quarter of business and say, poor me, I should maybe pivot to a new company or try something totally different because this is no longer working for me. Or do you rise above and say, I got to, I got to switch it up. I got to switch up what I'm doing. I got to change and look at that as an opportunity, because I can tell you what that opportunity where you switch up that could propel you forward more than you ever dreamed of. But most people quit. Most people give up when they start to feel bad about what they're doing or when they start to feel a little ounce of rejection or they start to feel a little ounce of not feeling important. They give up. We're weak out there, man. It's a jungle of weakness. Like you have to, you have to care enough about yourself to rise above failure. And you actually should try to flip the script in your brain and embrace the failure because I, I have learned the hard way that failure is truly an opportunity to propel you to your greatest destination. It is the only thing I think the only thing, the only thing failure is the must thing that needs to happen. The must thing, the must thing, hashtag (laughs) must thing, uh, 
for success to arrive after. Like you don't get there without that failure. No. And your biggest success will come from uh, the way that you respond to mistakes, failure, hardships, et cetera. And with that being said, I would love to wrap up this whole thing with a conversation on like, let's really talk about all the things we just talked about. What the greatest players in the game, you, when you were at your best Chan, or, and then relating that to the people you look up to who they are, who has the it factor. What do those people have that makes them a beast at this game of life? Dude, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I know that this is similar to what we just talked about, but when I, now that I'm out of the game of basketball and I, I sometimes, you know, Matt always has basketball on the TV. So I watch these players. I, I watch how they respond. I watch how they play, but I'm also in a world of sales and I watch the greatest salespeople, which is a grind. Let me tell you, but the greatest basketball players that I watch and the greatest salespeople that I watch, they have one thing in common. And that is that they they don't ride the wave. They don't be there. They don't get super high with the highs and they don't get super low with the lows. They're Ooh. very even keeled. And so therefore they don't have these giant ebbs and flows where they might feel like quitting, or they might feel like they're on top of the world at times. They don't take anything personal. They just show up and show out no matter what. Mm-hmm. And those, that to me is the strongest characteristic in having grit. Yeah. It's, it's trusting yourself and trusting the process. That's what it is. It's like, you can show up in that way when you trust that it's all lining up exactly the way it's supposed to. And Mm -hmm. when you show up with that grit and that trust of the process, good things come of that. When you have integrity of what you're doing, when no one's looking, um, you're able to do that one thing. And it's like major, sorry to cut you off, but I have one more thing to say about that because I think it's major resilience. That's what it is. And so I, I want to just define like not riding the highs because I think some people get turned off when I say that, like, don't ride the highs. It's okay to be excited when you do something well, like it's great. You should actually show major gratitude, major excitement and live there. The difference is most people live there and they never come back to get it again because they're living there so much that they don't wake up the next day ready to go and get more. They are like, okay, I did this. It feels good. I'm going to sit on that and say one, one time in high school, I was the best basketball player at the school. Like, okay, no, I'm just saying that's an example. (laughs) I definitely wasn't, (laughs) but that's like, you know, people live in their glory days. And so that's what, to me, riding the high is. And obviously riding the lows, I think is self-explanatory, but I wanted to define that because I, I do think it's important to get excited and to celebrate a win. I just think it's important to look for more. Yeah. And not even more, but just to use it, Mm -hmm. like celebrating it is as an important part of the process, but it is a process of which it is taking you to the next piece of the next chapter, whether it's more or whether it's different. Right. Um, I think too, riding the highs and lows, at least for me and my journey too, is like, I appreciate people telling me that they love what I do. I appreciate people being thankful for the way I show up and what I give. But then there's also people who talk mad shit and like hate on everything I do. Mm -hmm. And I, neither of those change the way I think about myself and the way I'm going to show up. Dude. Yes. Like, 
because here's the thing it's it's about who i feel good as and if anyone else gives me compliments i am thankful for them but that's that's just in addition to how i feel about myself and it it doesn't define who i'm going to be whether it's bad or good because the thing is let me just tell you right here right now one thing i've learned the hard way too and maybe you can relate to this and i hope that if you maybe just hearing this gives you permission to be like I'm gonna do me, yeah. <laughs> um, is people, you need to have enough self-respect for yourself to know the difference between people who love you for who you are versus people who love you for what you can do for them. Mm. Yeah. Like really take that in because if you're showing up and giving, 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 because you want the love of what someone is giving you because of what you can do for them, that could change in an instant. Cause the minute you decide to set boundaries, the minute you decide I want to move differently, the minute you start to get busy or change your priorities, they're not going to love you for being you. They they're mad at you and they hate you for the same reason they thought they loved you, which is the fact that you're not giving them what they want from you anymore. So that's another way to not ride the highs and the lows is to know that people appreciate the real love, like appreciate that love, but have enough awareness and self-respect to know that some people are just talking out the side of their head and a lot of it out of side of the neck, I think is the word. Um, a lot of it is projecting their own personal stuff onto you. So um, you can't ride those highs and lows very much either outside of yourself, like your highs and lows, your highs and celebrations and sitting back and reflecting come from you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, I would say that I think that you, that took you a long time to learn. And I've watched your journey. Yeah. Like when you first started doing things outside of the norm and differently than other people, you would get people who are, would worship you and you would get people who hated you for what you're doing. And it would affect you. That does not happen overnight where you become what Tansy's speaking about. But the difference is, is most people let those things they take them so personal that it stops them because they can't take it anymore. So what you do is you keep going regardless of what other people think about what you're doing and just realize that that's never going to go away. You just become different. You become yeah. stronger. Yeah. Talk about learn. You said a few times, like you had to learn that the hard way. I feel like I learned that the hard way mm -hmm. and I can see why like some people out here in this internet world, like go crazy because yeah. if you don't develop that resilience, it can really get to you. Um, so with the takeaway from that is I think the question you ask yourself when someone gives you a major compliment or when someone is hating on you so hard, the question you ask yourself is, first of all, how does this make me feel? And second of all, is that feeling helping me? is that helping me get to where I want to be? Because if it's not ditch it, because I'm telling you, they don't go away. People are going to not approve of what you're doing. They're not going to accept you for who you are. And then you're going to have people that love you. You can't take any of it personal. You can't let it go to your head and you can't let it go to your heart. You just do you. Yeah. Um, getting back to, that was like oh, a little tangent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting back to the greats and what makes a player the best or like someone that is a legend is 
there's like a two part thing to this one stepping onto the court. So stepping into life with a mentality of like, I'm going to score the ball. So I don't think people realize that that's not a, that's not a physical skill that you can develop. That is, what are you doing? I thought you were taking a picture. I was like, what are you doing? Um, I'm easily distracted, bro. So anyways, where am I? Stepping out of the court. Okay. Stepping onto the court with, I'm going to score the ball is not a physical skill of which you can develop. It's a mental strength that you have to develop because you could have all the skill in the world and not have that mentality of I'm going to, I'm going to score the ball. I'm going to be of value. I am special and my presence matters in this game and your skills won't, won't come to fruition to deliver the impact of which you want to deliver. You have to work on your mental as much as the fundamentals of everything else you're doing. And so you have to have that. I trust that I am it, whatever it means today. I am that, I am that girl. And then the second thing is to know, to be humble enough to know that you have way more work to do. Mm-hmm. That to me is someone who is great. Someone who acknowledges that they're going to do exactly what they're supposed to do. And they are about to show up and make a difference. But at the same time, know that there is so much coaching that they can learn from and take in as well. And I think with that attitude, like when I see someone who acts like that and shows up like that, that indirectly impacts me and inspires me. And so I'm going to assume that we have people listening to us that want to make impact. You want to be inspiring. You want to make a difference. What she just said is the way to do it. It's not by getting all these accolades. It's not by having all these accomplishments. It's by living your life with a strong ass mindset and showing people how you do that. That to me, that inspires me all day. I don't care who you are. But to kind of add on to that, you know, we talk about this strong ass mindset, this resilient mentality. And the question is like, how do you create that? And the reason why we're able to sit here and talk to you about the game of life is because we played the game of basketball. We put ourselves in situations Mm -hmm. where we had to learn those skills over and over and over again, the hard way. And so if you're not showing up to the game and playing the game and putting yourself in situations where you're applying pressure and having to work with people and see different perspectives and change up your strategy and reach new levels of yourself and focus on the fundamentals, like you're not going to develop that resilience of which we're talking about. The resilience is developed in playing the game and losing and losing. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Let's go get some shots up, shall we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's do it, man. Um good stuff, dude. I feel yeah. ready to go. Yeah, that was that was what that was what I needed just now. That felt really good. And um I hope you guys took some things away from that. Even if you weren't an athlete, this is applicable to all areas of life. And yeah, so dude. take these lessons. This is not about them. This is not about being an athlete by any means. Right. And again, I have to say this because you have no idea how much it means when you share our podcast, when you give us a review and when you give us the positive feedback, we also want to know what you want to hear from us. So we're always open to taking your, your requests and hearing what you need and love you. Did you guys know that we were 
a top 100 podcast because of you guys. Literally so, crazy. Thank you so Out much. Out of billions, right? I don't know, bro. Billions? That's millions. Kind of I mean, there's a ton of billions? people in the world. I feel like there's a lot of people doing podcasts. I don't know. All I know is that when we started the podcast, you would type in bossy and we were nowhere to be found. And there were like a whole other bunch of podcasts. Yeah. How about us thinking that that was like a brilliant name just to find out that there's thousands of others. <laughs> yeah. But now you type in bossy and we're the first things to pop up. So thank you so much for that. You guys love you so much. Let's get after it and love you Chandler. Miss you. Love you. Bye. Yeah. I slay. I'm a bad mom. That's what they say. I'm about my money. Yeah. I don't play. I got that Benjamin button. I'm looking better every day, boy. <laughs> Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? I'm a boss and a savage huh. Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? You know I'm far beyond average huh. Girl, what's in your DNA?